Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Amen. So let's, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, we are going to... Uh, just get a little pulse of where we are uh, with uh, today's game. So as you uh, get into mentee, uh, you can decide uh, where you fit in the category, all right? Are you rooting for the 49ers or the Chiefs or the commercials? <laughs> I think where we would land here at the path, Usher and the halftime. Let's hear it for the halftime show. Uh, let me it's a little bit different than what we have up here. Uh, at the path, uh, it's been a tradition to throw really awesome Super Bowl parties. Uh, it's not even about the Super Bowl. It's usher and the halftime. It's about spending that time together. So wherever you're going to be, have a place, please ask around. There are plenty of places that are hosting. Uh, we love to fellowship, to eat. We don't believe just church on Sunday mornings, amen? So we want to do life together, and the Super Bowl is one of those things. So I'm not going to talk about the game. Uh, it might be on our minds, and that's okay, uh, but let's get into the word. You know, we are um, going on with this uh, theme called You Can't Make This Up, or if you follow uh, some other places like the NFL, you can't make this stuff up, right? There are some things, and really what it is, are too good to be true in a sense. Like they're not something we can make up. God is involved. It's a divine intervention. And so we started off the year by fasting, praying. And I don't know about you, but it, this time has helped me to elevate my prayer life. Now, I've been a Christian for a long time. And prayer is something that I feel like, all right, I know how to do it. I know how to ask God. I know how to reflect on God. But let me tell you, in many ways, I have felt like an amateur. And I was wondering, if I walked with Jesus, would I know how to pray? What, how, what would I learn? What would I get? Because I've been reading the Bible for many years, and I still don't totally understand how, why, and specifically what Jesus did. So we'll talk about these things. Um, specifically here, um, if you look at this little image, I want you to keep it in your mind for a second. We love two-year-olds, don't we? In my house, we called them, when our kids went through that stage, we called them terrific twos. Just wanted to think positive, right? We, we, we want terrific twos. Maybe because it was terrific for them, I don't know if it was for us, but terrific twos. Uh, a good friend of mine came over the house. And this is not his child. This is not my dog, but it represents what took place. The little two-year-old saw this yummy food. At, on my dog's bowl. Like, he was like, oh. so he tells daddy, dad, I want that. And his dad's like, son, no, you don't. You don't want it. You do not want it. And he, this couple was in our house for about two to three hours, and the two-year-old kept insisting, I want this. It looks yummy. I want the treat. I want candy. That looks like chocolate. Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? And then finally, he says, I don't think you'll kill him. Go ahead, son. And he was like, wow. Ran over there, grabbed a little kibble bite, and started chewing on it enthusiastically. 
and then spit it all out. And it was disgusting. It was hard. All he was telling him. And in some ways, I don't know if you can connect with that. Sometimes we are that two-year-old. And God is like, no, you don't. You don't want that. No, you don't. We're like, God, please, please, there's nothing more that I want. He's like, no, you don't. Okay. Go for it. So after our prayer and as we focus on this, I want you to remember this little image. Amen? All right. So a few things here. Um, today's sermon is what is God up to? And in order to really kind of understand what God's up to, we, we need to kind of get our, our, out of ourselves. Because we can know what we're up to. We can have what someone else is up to. But to really kind of even dare to, to, to imagine that we know what God is up to is too huge of a question. But maybe we can bring it to like, what is God up to right now? What is God up to in this space, in this time in my life, in my relationship, through a situation? Like, you ever been through a situation, it just doesn't make sense, and you're like, God, please help me to make sense of it, because something good's got to come from it, but I don't see it. Or, or you just don't understand, you prayed for something, and it almost seems like the opposite happened. You ever been there? And you're like, God, did, 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 I, did I confuse it? My good friend said he was praying for this specific job. He was praying and praying. And he got this amazing, he saw this, like, his dream job. But he forgot to pray that he needed to be in this city. And he was like, God, not the job. what are you saying? And so it's always good, and this is a discipline I've been working on, to stop and think what is God up to. Now, a small disclaimer, and i got to confess, most of my Christian life, I've not reflected that way. Most of my Christian life, I've, I've wrestled with God. I've thought about what I want and make sure that it lines up with the scriptures because you know, we have desires and wants that are not really, you know, in the realm of God's grace or his will. But when they line up, I'm like, okay, I think I got it. I think you put this in my heart. You say all the right things. And then, okay, God, now help me. But what is God up to actually means something else. It means I'm just a guest. He, he's hoping. Me, I'm coming. What are what is he up to? What are you up to, God? And and if you're up to this, then I want to be a part of that. And, and so that is what hospitality is. That's what we have an opportunity to be a part of. So this next part here, the disciples in Luke chapter 11. We're gonna turn there in a minute. They asked Jesus this question. Now it's really interesting because they had already been spending time with Jesus. Jesus was praying. Yet, they asked to teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples. So, so in some ways, they almost felt like they were missing out. You, you ever been, you ever feel like maybe other people have an advantage that you don't have? And they're like, man, maybe if we don't ask Jesus, he's not going to do it. But you got to also remember, in the Jewish culture, a, a lot of these prayers were, were recited prayers. And so they would do this, and see, they were following him around. But they realized that John's disciples prayed differently. They had a different kind of prayer life. So, so they asked Jesus, like, how do we pray? Now, for many years I've read this and I thought, okay, they, they're so noble. They just want to pray, like, better. That's good. But then I thought this question. And it might be someone else's prayers being answered and mine are not. Then I'm like, I, I want a piece of that. I, I want to know, like, what, what, what do you do? That God listens to you, 
but I feel like maybe my prayers are not getting heard. I mean, that's just me. Maybe you're different. That's just me. Or maybe there was even a bit of jealousy. Like maybe they just seem, wow, these guys seem like they have something over. Whatever it was, it doesn't specify. We don't know, except that Jesus said, teach us to pray. Not just teach us to pray, but just as John taught his disciples. So let's turn there. Let's look at this passage together. Luke 11, it says, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Just for here. What, what many scholars believe, that certain place was a place that he would normally go and pray. And it's also not clear if he was praying alone and they were nearby, like sometimes he did, or if they were in his midst. But whatever it was, they didn't interrupt. They waited. They, he was praying. And it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, repeat this with me, we know this, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. You know, as we're humbly, she asks, like, Dad, why, why don't we pray this prayer that often? I've heard you talk about it. I've heard it at church. I've read it. But it's not something we do often. I don't know about you, but not in my, I've always looked at this as a great guide. And so I've always looked at this as, okay, Father, hallowed be your name. Like you want to start your prayer just praising God because it seems selfish to just ask for something right away, right? Like, God, God, you're good. You're awesome. You know, it's like when someone calls you and they want something, like they start like, you know, you know, saying great things about, oh, how you, oh, you're awesome. You're, and you're like, okay, what do you really want? So, so, kind of learn. Okay, maybe that's to do it, right? Be like, all right, God, say how awesome you are. Hallowed be your name. Let's let's praise you. Your kingdom come. Okay, man. Let, let's pray about the kingdom. You know, we want to be spiritual. How many of you feel like when you get go to pray, you got to be spiritual? So you got to be spiritual. And then he says, "Give us each day our daily bread." That's like, wow, that's so good. You're asking God, but wait a minute. Pause for a second. The chapter before, Jesus sends out the 72, and he tells them to not rely on anything but God. Like only one cloak, no like nothing, and depend on people. All right, so basically, you are praying for your daily bread. And Matthew Henry is a commentary that's very popular. And there's these scholars, and they go back and they say, look, this particular passage... This particular verse, this particular prayer goes back to the Israelites when God gave them daily bread, the manna. And if you know anything about that, he didn't give them enough for a week or a month or their lifetime. Every day they needed to depend. So this really, what it means is like, God, help me to depend on you every day. Every single day. Day and let's be honest. How many often, how often we really just depend on God when we really don't have it together, when we can't control something? But oftentimes we feel like we got it and we don't ask for our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Forgiveness is important. Let's not give into temptation. Let's forgive other people. All that is good. So, what does that mean? Well, Jesus didn't stop there, right? Because Jesus was teaching them. They said they wanted to learn how to pray. So there's more to this. And God himself, I've realized something, is that God oftentimes is teaching me something even when I don't want to learn it. 
uh, let me say that again. Even when I don't want to, he's teaching me because he loves me. That friend of mine that let his little son have the, the dog food said, this is going to be a lesson he won't forget. I guarantee you that kid never again asked for dog food, ever. And he probably learned to trust his dad a little bit more when his dad said, don't, I don't think you want that. And so in verse 5 it says, and Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, dude, don't bother me. What are you doing? The door's already locked, my children uh, are, are in bed, and I'm in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he would not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he would surely get up and give you as much as you need. All right, I want you to resist the temptation. When I read this, and I've read it many times, I was like, oh, I kind of get it, but I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, it just doesn't apply. Like, when's the last time you went to your neighbor and asked for three loaves of bread? Right? I mean, it's just, it's not something we do. In their culture, they did. They didn't have the bodegas, right? They didn't have the 7-Elevens or the, you know, uh, Publix where they could go. Publix probably closes at midnight. So this was after midnight. So, oh, at midnight. So right, right when he tried to go to Publix, it closed. So he had to go to his friend's house. But hospitality was a big deal, and he wasn't doing it for him. This is a good friend. This guy was such a good friend that he was like, I'm going to put myself in a really odd, weird predicament and get the bread that I need, because when he gets there, he's going to get hungry. He's looking out for his buddy. His buddy's coming, and who knows why, but if he was coming at a certain time of night, it might have been something really serious happening in his life. So he's really thinking, okay, how can I be my best? I'm not prepared, but my other friend always is, so he's going to hook it up. So he goes, but Jesus uses this really interesting story, but he's still teaching about prayer. So, so where's God in this, and what is God up to, right? And so is God that friend that says, dude, what are you doing? Why are you bothering me? Well, obviously we know God's not like that, but believe it or not, God wants us to bother him. Like, let, let me say that again. God wants us to depend on, God wants that. Like, like it makes God feel honored. It feels, it's, it's like if God were to say, wow, you thought of coming to me because you believe, you, you're that, your audacity is that great that you would knock on my door at midnight? Wow. And it says, I'll give it to you because of that. Because it's not that it's convenient. I mean, God probably has other better things to do, right? But because he is like, wow, this is impressive. I, I love that about you. I love that you're humbling yourself. I love that you're asking. I love that you are coming to me. See, oftentimes... God is not the first person that we go to. Oftentimes, God is the last one. Like, we've gone, we exhausted everything, and then we can't do it. We're like, God, please. But God should be the first. God should be like, I mean, we should be like, God, I'm getting ready to do, help me out, please, in everything. And so we've had this discussion in our small group. It's called CIA, by the way. CIA stands for Christians in Action. A big shout-out to all the Christians in Action. Um, and we were talking about why sometimes we're very vague in our prayer life. And 
what you expect came out. Some people are like, well, you know, I've been disappointed before, so if I ask, you know, if, if you're kind of vague, then you're not so hurt. We got real. Some people were like, you know, it just sounds kind of crazy. Like, should I really ask that? Like, like maybe I don't deserve to ask that. So I'm not going to ask. So, so if you were to put yourself in this situation, you're like, oh, I haven't even been that good of a friend. I'm going to ask. So let me just get one loaf. Uh, or maybe even a loaf. Can I get a slice of bread? Because I haven't been a good friend. I haven't come to your house in a while. I haven't called you. I haven't. So, so I need it for my friend, but I'm just going to ask for him. Instead, he asked for three loaves. It still doesn't make sense to me, except that that's a lot of bread. And so, so I, I, if I understand anything, I think Jesus is saying, ask bigger. Ask for more. Like, why are you asking for one or, or half or, or please? If, if you, you ever seen when someone is really insecure and they can't ask, you know, a girl out or nowadays a girl can't ask a guy or whatever. And they're like, oh, you want to go out? Oh, you know, kind of. But it doesn't have to be a date. But, you know, it's like, and, and almost to the point, like, What? Like, I don't speak that language. Like, what are you asking? Just say it. And some of us have a hard time. And then look, God didn't just say, sure, I'll hook you up. I got you. Sometimes God pushes back a little bit. He's like, the door's locked. And, and you know what I think? It's not because he doesn't want us to have it. I think sometimes we got to reflect and think about what we're really asking for. It's like, do, do you realize what you Like, my kids are in bed. Like, this is inconvenient. And you got to come back and be like, no, I, I get it. I've thought about it. But if you learn anything about Jesus, you can still say, not my will, but yours. But you got to put your will out there. I think a lot of us, we struggle with putting our will out there. You know, just yesterday we had an amazing time with couples learning about marriages and relationship. A big shout out to all the singles who want to grow. A big shout out to those newlyweds that are like, hey, we want to get this right. And a big shout out to all those who've been married for a long time and still say, hey, I still need to grow. Amen. And what was so encouraging is that no one has this figured out, but we can help one another. And just the mere fact that we're devoted to it, in my where I sit, I've noticed that the best marriages are always the ones that are always growing and learning. That they don't feel like they have it all figured out. So, so here, there's a lot we can learn. Amen? Amen? So, in verse 9, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wait a minute. Did, did, did I miss something here? Did, I didn't ask for the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's a great gift. I mean, every time we see a baptism, what do you say? You get the gift of the Holy Spirit. But how many times do we really say, oh, God, give me. Earlier I prayed, I was like, God, give me a full measure of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, want, I want that spirit to fill me. All right? And what, what does that mean? I, I don't want, I want less of me and more of him. And usually that means that it's the opposite of what no, I normally would do. Because it's more of him. But he's like, listen, you know how to give good gifts. Your father in heaven knows how to give better gifts. And so he gives us the Holy Spirit because what? What does the Holy Spirit give us? Well, 
Well, someone said comfort. That's true. But where I was going is answers. You ever want answers? I don't know which is harder for me. No or nothing. Like not hearing anything. Because sometimes I'm like, all right, am I going to... Do I keep going? Do I keep asking? And, and there have been times in my life where I, I didn't know. Like, is God saying no? And, and sometimes I'm like, God, please, at least tell me no. But you haven't closed the door, but it's not wide open. So what am I doing? But the Holy Spirit, right, is like, ha-ha, right, he got you. But the Holy Spirit, think about this. If we're asking what is God up to, the Holy Spirit knows what God is up to. As a matter of fact, there are scriptures that even say we don't know what to ask, but the Holy Spirit knows and he communicates for us. I'm like, thank you, God. We talk about children. You ever had a child? They don't know what they're asking and you're like, oh, just ask. What, 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 what? I just, I, he wants some cake. He don't know how to ask you, but he saw your cake. He wants some. Oh, sure. But you don't know because we don't know how to ask. Now, as we focus on prayer, and I know... In a little bit, we're going to be having parties and hanging out and doing this stuff together. I'm pretty sure, even by this picture, that both teams are praying. Right? They're both praying. And what's their prayer? Lord, we want to win. Like, who does? So, so, so who's God going to listen to? Is he going to listen to the 49ers? Is he, is he going to listen to the Chiefs? I mean, who, who, who's God even rooting for? Is God's team not even at the Super Bowl? I mean, what, what, what is, you know, is God just excited that Taylor Swift is flying in her private jet? Like, I mean, what, 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 what's God up to? But some people might easily dismiss it and say, well, I don't know. Maybe God doesn't care about football. I don't know. There's a lot of, I almost think God sees it from, and he just cracks up. Look at these folks. Look at their play. Look what they're trying to do. Or look at these fans. They're more excited about football than they are about church. Or they're more excited about Usher than they are about anything else, right? But, but here's the thing. It's weird because we don't have an answer. Like, like is, is, does that mean if, if the team that wins, like, was more faithful and they believed more? Or was it just luck? Chance, skill, the better win, the better team is going to I mean, what is it? And so I want you to kind of put yourself in their shoes. You're praying for something, all right? You found the woman of your dreams. You found that brother you've been praying for. That man walked into your work environment. He walked into church. He, he, he walked into the small group. Oh, like Sean said, when I met Mike, he was so fine, all right? All right? When, I, when Amarilla saw me, she, oh, no, she didn't say that. But, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's like, so now you got these two women praying for this one brother. They're like, Jesus, please, he's everything I prayed for. I mean, he's, he's spiritual. He loves Jesus. He's got a really good job. He's educated. He's got his own house. Oh, look at that car. He has a nice car. He's charming. Did I mention he's spiritual? He got money? Well, he, pl he plays professional football. I mean, you know, whatever it is, you're like, wow. But you're both praying. And you're like, man, God, I'm going to fast because I know that other sister ain't fasting. So I'm going to fast. Oh, I'm going to give up my, oh, I, I, I'm. Like, 
what happens in that situation? You know, sometimes the irony is that guy is going to go with someone totally different, not even the two sisters that were praying. And you're like, what? No, Lord. Here's the thing. We have no idea what we're asking for. We just don't, we don't know the dude. We don't know what's his real life. We just know what we think we know. And so really our prayer should just be like, God, help me to see what you see. Help me to understand what you understand because I don't understand it. Amen. So God many times is teaching us something. If you can't really tell by that image, that's uh, for all you who don't know, there used to be a, an original karate kid, and he's waxing the car. Man. This dude is wax. I mean, he's giving it his all, man. This, this young guy. I mean, where, where are these young guys today, man? I need my car like that, man. Like, uh, this is, <laughs> he's going for it, man. He's going for it. And then he gets frustrated, right? He's frustrated. And he's like, you're supposed to teach me karate. And the guy's like, yeah. You asked me, and I told you I would. And he's like, yeah, but, but all you got me doing is painting your fence and waxing your car and painting your fence. And, and then we all know, right, if you know anything about this one. He's like, hey He's like, show me wax on. He's like, what? <laughs> show me painting the fence. And you're like, oh, like all of a sudden he's like a ninja all of a sudden. But, but you know what? As much as we laugh, our prayer lives, our wrestling with God, it really prepares us for other things. I've been in those moments. Let me tell you, I've sometimes even amazed myself because I've been in moments where I'm like, this is not how I normally would react. Now, in both ways, there are times I've not reacted very well, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I reacted that poorly. And there are moments where I'm like, wow, I can't believe I re reacted so spiritually. But it's usually a direct connection with how I'm doing with God. And so if I'm really grounded and I just, see, I, just, I just see things differently. You know, my dad had passed a few years ago, but before he passed, he had a few really scary moments. And one of those moments, he, he, he got his first stroke, really, really bad stroke, and he was able to get, get help, and he was 100% fine, like he was better. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I remember my dad coming out the hospital, and... He wasn't even a Christian at the time. So he was his usual self. He was complaining. He was an older Puerto Rican man that just left to complain. <laughs> and I remember that used to drive me crazy, but I paused for a moment. And I'm, I'm grateful to even hear his voice. I'm great. Like, like, I think I even might have chuckled. I mean, he was like, what, why are you laughing? Why are you chuckling? But I was like, man, one day I'm going to miss those moments. Like, like something that would have gotten under my skin I actually became appreciative of. And yesterday I shared during our, our workshop that every time, usually, 99.9% .9 of the time, that we have a frustration or a struggle or some kind of, you know, challenge in our lives is directly connected to some kind of blessing. <clears throat> and you're like, what do you mean, Marco? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're, you're struggling in your marriage? Well, you got a spouse. You're struggling with your children. You have children. You realize there's some people who can't have children. You're struggling with your house. You got a house. Your car won't start. At least you got a car. Get a starter. <laughs> As we close out, this is one passage I want you to read on your own. And I love this. And we'll, we'll read it together. 
but it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And there's different versions. The Amplified version says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is all at work within us. And you can keep reading that. You can go on your own. Um, if you're on Menti, you can go ahead and just take a screenshot of it. But I don't know about you, but I don't really use that super abundantly word. It's not like really part of my vernacular, but I like it because it means more than abundant. Like it means a lot. And so, so, so but what, what does that mean? It means that I need to imagine and, and I don't know how this works, but I can tell you this much. There have been times where God has given me something and it was not what I prayed for. I have my wife. She's beautiful. Before I met her, I was dating someone. And I was dating her and I was hoping that she would be the one. And when I prayed for what I prayed for, a woman that was spiritual, that would be by my side, that would love me like no one, who would be, you know, my ride or die... I broke up with this other lady. And I was like, God, you got it wrong. I, I, that's not what I prayed for. And then Amaryllis comes into my life. Now, the truth was, I must confess, I was blind when she walked into my life. I mean, I tried to hook her up with my roommate. That's how jacked up I was. But God was gracious. He gives me this amazing woman that now for 25 years, she's by my side. And not for anything it's not all about a relationship, but you know, a lot of us, we wanted to be closer to Jesus. Things got worse, and now you're here. Because if things didn't get worse, you wouldn't be here. You know, some of us, we, we really have to hit bottom, because if we don't hit bottom, we don't look up. And so, over and over again, you know, God is like, just imagine, just dare. Like, can, can we do something together, church? Can we start praying scary prayers? And I'm talking about scary prayers. Like, if you know, this is how you know it's a scary prayer. You're scared to pray it. Like, that's how it's a scary prayer. Like, oh, God. And you're definitely scared to share it with someone. And I don't know about me. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to keep this one right here. You know, this. Because when you say it, it's like, whoa, that's, that's big. And you know, if you really have good friends and you share that, they're going to be honest with you. And they're going to be like, wow. Or they're going to be like, what do you mean? Like, it's, it's great dialogue. It's going to bring you closer. To one another. You know, as we close out, I want you to ask yourself, what is God up to? Right now, at this moment, in your life, here in Georgia, what is God up to? And how can you join? How can you partner with what God is doing? And nothing more. Let's take our prayer lives to a new level. Thank you so much. God bless. We're going to take communion right now. And if you're new here, every week we take time to reflect, to pray, to think about the cross. And when we talk about the cross, we're not just talking about, you know, Jesus hanging on that cross, but we're talking about Jesus dying on that cross. And that's a beautiful thing, but it's also a pretty fascinating thing because it's like, that's pretty ugly, right? It's, there's a lot of pain there. But it's so that we can live on. And that is probably the greatest expression of love. So as we pray, 
and we think about and we reflect on the cross, we go ahead and reflect on our connection with Jesus and the life that we get to live because of the cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father and God, uh, Father, many times we have no idea what you're up to. But one thing we know for sure, God, you love us in a way that we can't even fathom. And the cross represents that love, God. That cross represents that you do not hold back anything so that we can be right with you, God. You desire this relationship with you. You allow us to take communion and be together at this moment to pause, to think, to reflect, to help us, God, to just be a little bit more connected with you and make you proud. We love you, God. We pray for the bread that was broken, the blood that was poured so that we can be forgiven. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.